Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Our guest for today's episode is my new friend, Ashley Lemieux. Ashley is a writer, a speaker, a cheerleader for women, and the author of an amazing new book called Born to Shine. She also runs an awesome company called The Shine Project, which she'll tell us all about in this episode. You are going to love her. Today, Ashley is going to be teaching us how to get unstuck in life, how to get back up when we've been knocked down. I love this episode because in it, Ashley shares with us some really vulnerable stories of times when she's been knocked down, when she's gotten stuck, and when she's thought, how in the world am I going to keep going after this? But she has, and in the process, she's turned her biggest setbacks into her greatest strengths, and she's going to teach us how we can do that too. Friends, if you are feeling stuck or experiencing grief or needing motivation to get through a difficult season, this episode has your name on it. But before we dive in... I don't know if you've had a chance to check out my book, The Lipstick Gospel, yet, but if you haven't, I would love to send you a copy. Here's what one sweet reader had to say about it. I just love this. She said, I just found my new favorite book. I couldn't put it down. The Lipstick Gospel is the story of a sorority girl who never planned on becoming a Christian until she met God in the most beautiful and unexpected way. It's a travel journal, a testimony that will leave you with tears in your eyes as you realize that you're simply not alone. Best of all, her story shows the kind of life you can have in Christ. Not a boring, vanilla-type life, but a fun, adventurous, exciting life. Way better than you could ever imagine. Trust me, you'll want this book to last forever. Isn't that sweet? I just love that so much. Friends, if you haven't checked it out yet, you can either download a copy of the book for free, yay for free books, right? Or if you're a paperback girl like me, we have those too. You can find them both through the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at Wilson over on Instagram. Okay. Now, without any further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Ashley. All right, friends, I am so excited for who you get to meet today. You are going to love this week's guest, just setting you up immediately to know that. I'm sitting here with my new friend, Ashley Lemieux. Ashley, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys, I'm so excited to be able to spend some time with you today. This is so fun. Um, So, Ashley, tell me... Tell us for those of those of us who haven't gotten to know all about you yet, like we're about to. Um, tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun or random fact about yourself. Well, I am a writer and a speaker and a cheerleader for women who need help turning their pain into power in their lives um, through my company, The Shine Project. And a random fun fact about me. This is honestly so random. (laughs) When I was probably 12 years old, I wanted to impress a boy. And so we were up climbing trees and he went to the very top of a tree and like the huge pine trees. And I bent over to tie my shoe while he was coming down from the tree and this huge tree branch fell and I heard it crack and I stood up just in time for it to land straight on my head and it broke in half and the little parts that have the um, like more branches coming out uh-huh. got stuck inside of my head and flipped my scalp inside out and all of a sudden there's just like blood everywhere. But the only time that I cried was when they shaved that part of my head at the hospital because they had to shave off my hair. <laughs> oh my gosh. I told you it was so random. What? Oh my gosh. Did like were you okay? Like are you I mean I had to get stitches. So I had stitches and you can't see it because luckily it wasn't on my part, but there's a little I have a little scar on my head and the top of my head and that's what it's from. I cannot believe you have a little scar from that. Not like the like the most enormous scar ever. That is nuts. They had this is getting really graphic, but they had to like take the tree bark out of my head. Oh my! <laughs> that is just not what you think is going to happen in that moment, no. <laughs> ever, ever, ever in life, ever, ever. You're just thinking about that cute boy. Um, okay, this is. Did any part of you as, as this was happening? Because so you cried when they shaved your head. Did any yeah. part of you think? 
I wonder if he still likes me or something like, or like, did any part of you think about what he was thinking in that moment? What was he thinking in that I moment? I don't, I honestly don't remember. I don't, I don't, I remember I was upset because I was supposed to go to this dance for, you know, 14 year old kids. Yeah. And I was upset because I couldn't go anymore because I had just gotten stitches and shaved part of my head. That is. So I was upset. The things we worry about when we're 12 and 13 and 14. Okay. That is the most that is the craziest story ever. <laughs> I'm really glad you're okay. And I feel like that could be a whole like fun fact question in itself of like, what random injuries have you had? Like everyone has that story. Of, yeah. Like, just so random. Yeah. Just random injuries. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm really glad we know that about you. Um, <laughs> and I'm really glad you're okay. <laughs> um, so Ashley, tell me, you mentioned the Shine Project. Tell me about the Shine Project. I know that you um, started it in a season when you were struggling um, in in some ways, and you started it for people who who are were struggling, and um, it's become this really beautiful thing. Can you tell us like what it is, how it began? Um, yes. Tell us about the Shine Project. So I started the Shine Project my senior year of college. I my dream in my life has always been to be a writer, and as I was about to graduate from college trying to figure out what I was going to do next. I chose a word that I wanted to help just determine my year and give me something to shoot for. And the word that I chose for my year was shine. Oh, I love that. And this was back before Instagram or Pinterest or anything. And people were reading blogs on blogger.com. And so I started my blogger account and I internally thought, you know, if I'm struggling with these things, I know there has to be thousands of women who have the same fears and dreams and challenges that I'm facing. And so what if I created a little spot on the internet that I could talk to them and we could come together and have a community that supports each other and lifts each other up. So I started a blog called The Shine Project and it grew really quickly to the point that when I graduated from college, I could be self-employed. Well, during that internship, simultaneously as I started this blog, as I had my senior internship that year before graduation, I also was interning at an inner city high school uh, that was teaching first generation inner city students um, how to get into college. And as I met these kids, I just loved them so much because they were full of so much passion for their lives. And there were so many things that they wanted to do. And they taught me so much. And they were such examples of courage and bravery to me because there are so many students who are working multiple jobs to help feed their siblings. And they were sleeping on their on floors. Some of them didn't even have beds or they didn't have bus fare to get to school. So some would be missing school a lot. Just all of these just roadblocks that were in their way. And it broke, it just broke my heart because I felt like it didn't have to be that way. So as my blog grew, I decided that I was going to use my platform on (laughs) blogger.com to be a voice for these students. And so we raised some money to help send them to school and start a nonprofit. And then a year later, I thought, you know, there, there has to be more than this. I want to help give them jobs and train them and have them have a community of support so that while they're going through college, they feel supported and, and can be led and be become leaders in their society when they graduate. So I started a company that employed these students too. I taught myself how to make bracelets and then taught them how to make bracelets. And then we sold the bracelets to the women who were reading my blog. And then, you know, we ended up taking, taking the jewelry to wholesale markets and selling in stores across the country. And then Instagram happened. And so our online footprint really expanded and being able to serve these first generation college students. So now with the shine project, our focus really is to empower women. And then through our products, we're able to empower first generation college students too. That is so amazing. That is so cool. And I I love that it all started from you recognizing that there were, like, if you were experiencing something, that there were other people who were experiencing it too. I think that that's, we, I think a lot of times like wonder what our, our thing is in life or how we can help or what we have to say. And I think that 
the answer to those questions, like how we can help other people is so personal because when we look at our own lives or our own story or what we've been through or what we're currently going through, the best place for us to help other people is, is with something we've walked through or something either we're currently walking through to get to say, Hey, you're not alone in this or something we just got through. And we can turn around and say, Hey, like, this is what helped me. And, and I just love that, that you were right. You were right. So, so much sooner than, than people like you were on the, on the forefront of blogging in so many ways. Like not a lot of people were doing this. <laughs> you recognize that, that this was a need that we need to know we're not alone and we need to have people to walk with us and encourage us um, through the things we're going through. I, love I, that. I also think too, sometimes when we want to help people, I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't have this or that, or I'm not qualified in this way. And when I started the shine project, the product side of things we literally, as I was newly wed in college, we had nothing. We had, we we're living in a cockroach infested condo, which is where I started the Shine Project. I told my husband, I didn't ask my husband, I told my husband, hey, I know we have no money, but I'm going to invest $300 in, into some supplies and we're going to figure out how to employ these youth. And we got really scrappy with what we had. I think a lot of times we focus on what we don't have. And so it prevents us from moving forward or helping in the way that we want or growing in the way that we want. But I really focused on what I had and tried to figure out how I could turn that into, into more and to create the type of impact that I wanted to have in people's lives. So that kind of has been the leading force behind the Shine Project the past seven, almost seven years now, which is crazy. And I love that your impact has like, over the years, you've had more, like you've had more to be able to invest or you've had a bigger um, audience or you've had like, I feel like you were faithful with a little, like we know that this is true. When you're faithful with a little, you're given more and you really, you took the things that you had and, and poured them into into this company and into these kids and, and your ability to do that has grown over time. And so your impact has grown over time, but it's like, this is a random example, but I don't know if you are an HGTV watcher. I like, it's totally a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> um, but I feel like everyone always says like, oh great, we need a house we can entertain in. And the thing is, if you don't entertain, quote unquote, I hate that word, but if you don't have people over for dinner when you have a table that can fit two people, you're not going to have people over for dinner when you have a table that can fit 20. Like you have people over, you make it work when you have a small table, when you have a small, when you don't have a dining room, when you're sitting on the floor. And then when you do have a long table, like you're actually going to use it. But how many of us have like really large dining rooms and never have people over for dinner? It's like when you start with a little then when you have more, like you'll be able to do more with it. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. So we definitely don't have to stop here for too long because I know that this is, we just don't have to stop here for too long, but Ashley, I know that you and your husband, Mike went through a really big loss a couple years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Just kind of yeah. share whatever, whatever feels comfortable. Yeah. So, you know, in really short terms, my husband and I became parents overnight to, to two kids who at the time were four and six, and we weren't trying to become foster parents. We weren't trying to adopt. We weren't trying to have kids at all at that time. And it was just something that we knew we were supposed to do when it happened. So our family grew overnight, literally doubled. <laughs> and we raised our kids for four years. And as we were pursuing the final steps of adoption, we faced an unexpected contested adoption. And that threw our lives into the biggest turmoil and suffering um, that we'd ever experienced. And after fighting to keep our family together for two, almost two years in court, we lost the kids just as fast as we had gotten them. Um, and I was on the other side of the country. They didn't even give me time to come home and say goodbye. And, and so yeah, we lost the kids. It's been two years now. And it just, you know, you, you hear people talk about losses that they have and grief and, and things that they had. And, and I've been through hard things in my life, but until this happened, I didn't know that a human could hit the level of depth of despair and pain 
and suffering that we were living in and still live through it. Like I didn't know that it was humanly possible to feel those things so profoundly and powerfully and still be able to live through it. And so from that experience, I feel like I've been given these new lenses where I look at life and people so much differently because I have felt things that before this, I didn't know were possible. And and so now, you know, I, it's hard because, because it's hard, like it's just hard, but I also feel this weird sense that it's also my privilege to be able to use our story of pain to help other people now view their stories of pain and be able to find their own power and purpose within that. So yeah, it's been, it's been really hard for lack of better words, but we're here. (laughs) Thanks for telling us about that. Yeah. So I, I know that I'm so glad we're talking about this because I know that so many of the women who are listening, like really all of us have found ourselves in situations where we've been knocked down or where we've lost something really important to us or where we're hurting more than we ever thought was humanly possible. What are some of the things that helped you like get through this season that helped you stand back up and keep going and keep living through such an enormous loss? This is such a good question. And it's such a big question because we all go through grief and trauma and experiences differently. But what I found that was really helpful for me was that at first is that I had to stop running away from pain. And I think that's a universal thing that no matter what any of us have been through, that it applies to everybody. It's really easy to see the storm of pain moving towards you and just your first reaction is to run away. Because of course, why do you want to sit in the middle of that? We don't. And I found myself in the beginning of our grief process running like as fast as I could. Right away, my husband and I sold everything that we owned. <laughs> we kept our house in, in where we were living in Phoenix, but we sold everything that we owned and we just left the country. Like we just, we literally left And then we moved to across the country to a different state. And I kept trying to, to do things or find things that would distract me from my pain. And I tried to numb my pain through escaping on TV or social media um, and just different things where I could just check out. And it took me a few months before I finally realized that no matter how fast I run, pain will always catch up to me and I have to stop running. And instead of running, I need to invite it to sit with me and teach me. So something that I do now, in fact, I just literally did it two weeks ago, even, and and we lost the kids two years ago. Grief isn't something that I believe is ever going to go away for us. A couple weeks ago, it was their two year anniversary of the loss. And I was just, it was so painful. And I remember I was sitting there and I was physically hurting because of just how much pain I was feeling. And so finally I just yelled, okay, pain, I'm done fighting you. What is it that you want to teach me? And I just sat and I listened and I wrote down a whole bunch of things. And I I think that's where we start is that we know it. We just know, and we tell ourselves it's going to be hard, but that it's going to be okay eventually. And right now we're, it's time to be taught what we need to know and then go from there. Oh, when you said we have to stop running from pain, I think I did like the biggest internal groan and eye roll. And I think we all did like, no, <laughs> no, but wait a second. Can there be a different <laughs> answer? Yes. I promise. I've tried to find all the answers and it just keeps bringing me back Yeah, to there, to here. Um, I've heard the example of that or the analogy that, that trying to, like hide our pain or get rid of our pain or avoid our pain is like shoving a beach ball into a pool. (laughs) Like you push it under the water and it always pops back up. And the thing that's so crazy is that the further you push it under the water, the higher it pops up. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it just, I mean, it's so true. We see, 
you know, there's that phrase like broken people or like uh, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And it's so true when we have unresolved hurts in our lives, they infect everything and they pop up in all kinds of places. And, and it's not until we really like sit with the thing and let it teach us and, and go through it and face it that we can heal enough to move forward and not be like, haunted but like it our hurt will never go away our loss will never go away but like the deep brokenness will continue to break other things in our future unless we sit with it yes and I fully believe and for any of you who are in the fresh moments of your pain you're probably going to want to punch me in my face right now and that's okay I give you permission to to punch something right now if this makes you angry but be- because I've been where you are, I know that this would have made me want to punch someone in their face. <laughs> but I believe that our pain really can become one of our greatest powers and strengths and make us really strong if we allow it to. And it's a lot of work to get there. But once we're there, why would we want to keep shoving that beach ball of our power under the water? And I think that maybe sometimes we look at our pain with the wrong lenses, but if we could approach our pain from a lens of power and of knowledge and of learning that then turns into compassion and fuel for what we do next in our lives, there there is some beauty that can be found even in the darkest nights that we go through. I completely agree with that. And I think if we look at anybody in the world that we can think of that's doing something great, whether it's they invented something cool or they started a company or they're serving kids in a different country or they're um, anyone who's really changing our world for the better. Their story of how it started or how they got this idea or why they decided to do this always is birthed out of pain. It's always, every single time, every, every motivational speaker you've ever heard, any pastor that's ever inspired you, every book you've ever read, every book, I almost like, it kind of hurts me to walk into bookstores because I know that behind every single one of those books was a really long season of hurting and learning the hard way and suffering. You don't get to write the story unless you walk through that. And so like truly every single person that you are inspired by that you've learned something from has learned that in their own lives. And the process has been really painful, but they've yes. showed up bravely and, and learned, learned the thing. Yeah. Oh man. When you're talking about running it, that resonates with me so much. I've talked about this on the, on the podcast, but this last summer I found myself really struggling with anxiety and depression. And I think I've struggled with anxiety for probably most of my life. Just like I just didn't know that that not everyone's brain functioned that way, but I I had never faced depression in that way, and especially not like unprompted depression. Like I've definitely felt deeply sad for long periods of time when something really sad has happened, but nothing sad was happening. Like really, truly everything was okay. And almost it was like my life had kind of quieted down and nothing was changing, nothing was going on. And so I was able to face some things that I think I'd been running from. Um, And really, I remember seeing the storm coming, seeing this pain and this sadness welling up in me and just running as fast as I could and throwing myself into projects and binging TV shows and spending time with as many people as I could, just turning the volume up so I didn't have to hear it. And the thing that was so amazing to me was that it didn't, I thought it was going to crush me if I, if I faced it, I thought that it was going to crush me and that I was going to be swallowed up by more sadness than I could ever recover from. And that was the part that wasn't true. I was for sure swallowed up by sadness and, and just deep pain, which is especially crazy when you're like, there's no cause for this. Like there's nothing that I'm, I'm not sad about anything, but I just, I feel like my heart is broken, but it didn't, it didn't swallow me. It didn't keep me forever. There was like, there has been light and life and goodness on the other side of it. And I think that that's something that I needed to know. Like people were telling me that it's not going to hurt this way forever. Like it will, it will, yeah, light is coming. And I feel like that's the message that you've gotten to spread. Yeah. I love that. So this is like one of my favorite things that I've seen in a long time. And and I would love for you to describe it for us a couple, I think maybe weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, you posted a really vulnerable, um, using your words, uh, video on Instagram and, um, we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. Cause it's just beautiful, but it's your husband, Mike actually handing or actually helping you stand back up in a moment when 
you couldn't on your own. Can you just tell us about like that scene, what was going on, what he did? Um, tell us, tell us about that. So over the past couple of years, you know, there are times where both of us going through grief and then going through grief in a relationship is just been such a learning experience for us because there, there will be times where I'm feeling really good and my husband, Mike needs my help. And there more often though, it's me (laughs) needing help and he's doing really good. And so we, we've had to learn what the other person needs. We have this song, it's called I Am Here by Pink and just discovered it last summer. And it is our pump up song. Like it is our jam whenever we need anything. And we were, my husband and I were going to film um, something else that we wanted to show my audience of how to break the cycle of just feeling stuck in your mind. And so we had put my, my um, cell phone just recording because we wanted to just make it really candid. And it was also, this was the same week as the two year anniversary of losing our kids. And we're sitting on the bed, listening to our song, Pink, I am here. And I lost it. I just, I'd already been struggling. And it was as if any last ounce of energy or anything good just was sucked out of me. And I was so tired and I was so, I wasn't just sad. I was, I was devastated and I didn't know what to do. And so our song was on and my husband, Mike was like, get up, stand up right now. And I was like, I can't, I don't want to. And me saying I can't mean really means I don't want to, I'm too tired for this. But he knows that when we, we need to break our cycle of our thoughts, it's, you have to do something to break that thought pattern. And so he was like, stand up right now and I won it. So he stood me up off the bed and something that he said, he, he, cause we do this for each other, you know, you'll see, you'll see the video and it had thousands, thousands of comments, thousands of shares. It's probably the most viral thing we've ever posted, but people don't know that this is how we have always gotten ourselves out of the grief. Like this has been our thing. And the thing that we do is the other person's hurting. We yell at them very kindly, but like very sternly put your fists up in the air right now. And then once the person does that, we have them say, (laughs) I am strong, I am courageous, and I am here. And so he was yelling at me very lovingly (laughs) to do that. And at one point I said, I can't, Mike, which really means when we say we can't, I don't want to. And um, I said, I'm crying. I I don't want to. And he looked at me and he said, you can cry, but you keep those arms up. And that's something that stuck with me is that we can cry because life is going to be hard, but we keep our arms up. We still keep our power up. We still keep our strength and our bravery and our, and our courage. We keep it up because that's where our power is. And we cry and then we can break the cycle of getting out of it. But that really is something that we trade off because there are, there are times, you know, and you'll see in the video, my husband's six, three (laughs) and I five, six. And so he's a lot bigger than me. And there's some times where I have to turn on whatever song and get in his face and be like, listen, (laughs) I see what's happening to you right now. And I'm yelling at him. Where's your courage, Mike? Like find your courage, put your arms up. And I'm trying to lift my six foot three husband's (laughs) arms up in the air. So it's something we trade on and off doing, but it was like miraculous that it was caught on film this way at that time. So, oh, it's, I mean, it is just so like, I just feel like you guys were able to capture this snapshot of like the hardest, truest and best parts of what it is to be a a human. You know, what's crazy is that I wasn't going to post the video Hmm. because it was so, it is, it's really raw and it felt really like I was just inviting people in to do whatever they want with a really, you know, sacred part of our lives almost. I can't explain it. That's how I felt. And so I thought you, I had this thought, it was like 930 at night. And I was like, you know what, Mike, I'm just going to do a clip of this and I'm going to post it tonight for anyone who's up late and is hurting and is scrolling Instagram for relief. And if 
if people think it's weird or if I feel weird about it afterward, I'm just, I'll just take it down. Like that's the least it can do. And so it was just like on this whim posted it. And I had no idea that so many people needed to see the message of that video. Yeah. Blew my mind. (laughs) Oh man. I, I, it, it was so tender and it's so like, we just all have found ourselves in that place where we just can't and by can't don't want to, or don't have the want left in us yes. um, to, to get up and to keep going. And so I actually want, you know, you've talked about how this is kind of a like tool or ritual that you guys have had for a long time. If there's a woman who is sitting on her bed crying right now thinking I cannot, can you talk us through, like give her, give her this tool if, if you wouldn't mind, like tell us about like breaking the thought patterns. Why is this what you guys have decided to do? Just kind of talk us through like the the process of it. Yeah. Oh, so if you if you are one of these people who who have been like me and and you literally just don't know what to do, the first thing I want to say is I'm just I'm so sorry. And I'm here with you in your pain. The next thing is is that th- things like depressive thoughts and and things like negative thoughts as you felt them, they start spiraling, right? Yes. <laughs> But the reason that they're spirals because we're feeding them. We're feeding them more negative thoughts and we're feeding them more, more fuel. And so what has to happen in my darkest moments is that there has to be something that breaks that thought pattern, which is why my husband and I will audibly yell positive affirmations and stand up and get into a power stance so that that depressive state, because I love Tony Robbins so much and he talks about this a lot. And so I learned some of this from him, but when you're depressed or when you're sad, your body and the way that you're even just sitting and being, you'll have droopy shoulders. Your head will be down. You'll, you will look depressed because that's the signal that you're giving your body, right? Well, in order to break that, you need to tell your body that you're strong and you're courageous. And so you need to do the exact opposite. So I will tell you that you need to stand up like literally right now. I want you to stand up whether you are are crying or whether you feel like you've had a good day. I I just want you to do this because I want this to be able to be in your toolbox, your, your little power toolbox that you can pull out at any time that you need it. But I want you to stand up. And when you stand up, you can put your, I actually should probably do it just so I'm here with you right now in this moment, <laughs> but you will put your, your fist up in the air. And what I do is I like to try to take up as much space as possible. So with your head up in the air and with your feet apart and your back arched and you're just feeling so strong, you're going to throw back your head and you are going to yell, I am strong. I am courageous. And I am here. And then you're just going to be there for a second. And you're going to repeat that as many times as you need to. Sometimes I will literally say that a hundred times until you feel like you're breaking your thought patterns and there are positive thoughts now coming into your mind and you're feeling strong. Hey guys, I hope you're loving this conversation with Ashley as much as I am. Isn't she great? I wanted to pop in for one quick second to thank our sponsor for this week. Now, our sponsor for today's episode is a company that I'm just totally obsessed with. Our sponsor is Audible. Now, the truth is, I don't always have as much time as I wish I did to sit down and dive into a good book. But I do have time where I'm sitting in traffic, or making dinner, or cleaning my house, or at the gym, and I love that with Audible, I get to dive into a great book while I do those things. Truly, Audible is one of my all-time favorite things, and that's why I'm so excited to share them with you today. With Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, self-development, memoirs, and my favorite, food memoirs. You guys know I'm a terrible cook, but boy do I love reading about other people cooking, especially if they're cooking and traveling at the same time. That's my absolute favorite. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, and now, with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for its members. One of the books I've been listening to on Audible lately is The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. 
And as I've been listening, I've been going through all of the closets in our house, organizing and simplifying and giving tons and tons of things away. I'm telling you, multitasking with Audible is my favorite. You can listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, whether that be at home or at the gym or on your commute. Isn't that amazing? And truly, I didn't think I could possibly love Audible more. That is, until they said that they were going to give all of our Girls' Night listeners a 30-day free trial. So now I love them more. <laughs> to get your 30-day free trial, all you have to do is go to audible.com slash girlsnight, or you can text girlsnight, all one word, to 500-500 to get started. Again, that's audible.com slash girlsnight, or text girlsnight, all one word, to 500-500. Audible, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls' Night and just for being one of my favorite things in the world. We love having you. Okay, now without any further ado, let's jump back into my conversation with Ashley. The reason that I like saying I am here is because it brings me back into the present moment and I'm in the present moment is where we find our power. A lot of times when we live in the past, we feel depression. And if we live in the future, we feel anxiety. Mm -hmm. But if we can be right here where we are, that is where our power lives. And so that's why I always tell myself and I yell, I am here. I am here. I am here. I am here. So that you now have access to your power. And in that moment, you're able to make decisions that impact your moment instead of worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow or what happened yesterday and have that drain your power. You get your power back when you're right there. So it might sound silly, right? to do this, but this truly has been one of the tools that has changed my life drastically. Just breaking that cycle and being able to get my power back. I love that so much. And just so you guys know, we both had our hands up. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we really I told you we're going to be here with you. We're, we're, we're going right to here with you. I wanted to stand up, but I didn't want to be too far from the mic. So. <laughs> um, I, I love that. And I think, you know, when I'm thinking about like this last summer and how much I was struggling, like the thought patterns are are so we're trapped in our heads and it's such a sad, scary, dangerous place to be sometimes. Um, just swirling in, in things that aren't true. And I think that that was the thing that was the, the most surprising to me. And, and I think the most surprising to the people who were really like walking with me through this season was they'd be like, Steph, you know, that's not true. Like, I don't though. I don't know. Because when you're just like circling down and down and down into like, you just, you do need something to just yank you back up. Yeah. And, and whether it's someone who's with you, which is why community is so mm -hmm. important and friendship is so important and our relationships are so important, or whether it's you, which is why our relationships with ourselves are so important to like, snap yourself out of it just for a second and, and calm those thoughts, just surprise the thoughts for a second yes. um, so that you can like, like pull your head above water just yes. even for, even for a minute. And I, I really love that. And I am such a firm believer in the fact that our, our words are powerful so often. I mean, there's so much like science behind this. There's so much psychology behind this. It's all over the Bible. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. Just that our, our words change things. Our words are impactful. And so to, to say something out loud, even if it doesn't feel true is just so game-changing. Yeah. Something else just really quickly that I like to do that spark this thought as you were saying that right now is that sometimes I started doing this in the mornings so that I can start out strong in the morning but either through meditation or staring at myself in the mirror while I'm getting ready. Because, hmm. you know, when you just stood up, we had you say, I am strong, I'm courageous, and I am here. But I think a lot of times we don't speak out loud good things about ourselves a lot. And instead we drown in all these negative thoughts that we have. Mm -hmm. And so I challenge you when you get ready tomorrow morning to go look in your mirror. And as you're getting ready, just have, I call it my I am exercise. And just start listing all the positive things. So whether it's, I am strong or I, I am loving, I am compassionate, I am honest, I, I am hardworking, just all any of those things. Like, I honestly dare you to just do that for three minutes while you're getting ready tomorrow morning and then notice the impact that that has on the rest of your day. Amen. A hundred million percent. 
I love that. Seriously. And you guys like send us a message tomorrow morning. Yes. We'd we love to see like this. send us a message or send us a video or something, because yeah. I just feel like this has been so transformational in my own life. Like declaring true things over myself, like saying positive things out loud, not interrupting the the critical thoughts that we have about ourselves and replacing them with what's actually true. You are loved. You are enough. You are chosen. You are free. You are strong. You are brave. You are kind. You are beautiful. And it just, it's true. When we start talking to ourselves like that, everything changes. Everything changes. So one of the things that I know you've talked a lot about is getting unstuck. I know that you have women ask you all the time, like, I feel stuck in, you know, this area of my life. How do I get unstuck? And I know that you've identified three really detrimental mindsets that keep us stuck. Can you tell us like, what are they and how do we break through them to get unstuck? Yeah. So when we talk about being stuck, what I envision is, have you ever seen a hamster running on its wheel Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just running as fast as it can? And it doesn't even know that it's not getting anywhere, but it's not really getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. That's when I think of being stuck in life, that's the, the image that comes in my mind. And it surprises me. It surprised me at first how many women reach out and say, I feel so stuck. How do I get unstuck? But then I realized, oh my gosh, this isn't surprising at all because there's all these factors that we feel like are going against us sometimes in life. And there are three things that I believe that if we can just shift our thinking on and create action with, that instead of feeling like we're running on this hamster wheel all the time, that we can feel like we're making positive progress towards where we want to go. Uh, so the first the first detrimental mindset that I tell people is, is that you need to check your fear. <laughs> you, you need to check your fear because are you making your life decisions based off of your dreams and what you're passionate about, or are you living your life based off of your fear? Are you not uh, going after creating this project because of your fear? Are you not taking this next step because of fear? And more often than not, we feel stuck because we're not moving forward and we're not moving forward because we're too afraid to move forward. I, I do these quarterly challenges with my audience where I can mentor them from where they are to where they want to be. And at the beginning of this year, we did a, this is my year challenge that helped women get unstuck where I could just really help them get on the path they want to go on and feel confident being there. I was so floored of how many messages I got from women who told me that once they realized that they were the ones in control of being stuck in their lives and they noticed these fear-based decisions that they have had and kind of this world that they've built around their fear. I literally got thousands of emails from women who admitted that they actually felt safer being stuck and living in their fear than making positive changes and moving out of it. And so even when they identified what they needed to do, they would rather feel how they felt (laughs) then because they already knew that they felt stuck and they felt bad or they felt depressed or they felt sad or whatever. So they felt more comfortable there than exploring the possibility of unknown positivity in their lives. And that's just something that has blown my mind, but it's true because I have felt that way before too. So the first one's check your fear and stop making, when we make decisions out of fear, it's just going to, it's going to prevent us from moving forward. I love that you said that too, because it's, I think that that's, that's like something that we don't realize is that when we make positive decisions, it's scary. Like it's, it's still scary. I think when we feel that kind of fear, we think something might be wrong, but it's like, no, that's, that's normal. Anything that's worth doing in life, whether it's running a marathon or starting a business or getting out of a bad relationship or getting into a good one, um, applying for a job, all those things are scary. And so I think knowing that that's going to be the case and that that's normal and that's expected and that you're doing things right. If you're feeling that kind of fear, I think that that 
like that's just a good mile marker along yeah, the way. It's like, like your North star. Like, yes. okay, yep. I can keep doing this. Yes. So if you feel like the good kind of fear, like you're still going to, you're still going to feel afraid in yep. those moments and that's normal. Mm-hmm. And the, the good things that we want though, out of life are on the other side of continuing to walk into that. Yes. I love love it. Okay. What's the second one? The second one is to break up your routine. I think a lot of times we really get stuck in routines and I believe that routines are good, but I also believe we get stuck in them. We wake up, if we have kids, we get the kids ready for school or if we have, and then we go to work if we have a job or we just fly out the door and go to work right away and we're sitting at a job we don't like or we're doing this or that all day that really isn't fulfilling us and then we get home and then we have dinner and we turn on our favorite show and then we go to bed like it's just if we're not careful we get into this cycle of just the same but we want different results in our lives but how how do you get different results in your life if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again So it's really important when we want to, when we feel stuck to identify things that need to be taken out of our life or added in that will add more power into our lives. Um, So every morning I have, I have a morning practice that I do um, that helps me identify during the day what I should be focusing on and what my intention is for that day so that it can be really clear And so I don't get stuck in yesterday's thought pattern or in the day before that and the stress that that was causing me, but that I can start fresh every morning and, and have change. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's so good. That's so good. I love that. Um, and then the third thing is that I say, and my husband says is to shut it down. Uh, whether that is to shut down negativity in your life, whether that's literally to shut down your computer or your phone or the things, what are you doing? Because I I honestly want you to write this out right now. When you feel pain or stress or anxiety, what do you turn to? What do you do? A lot of times we do unhealthy things to battle unhealthy feelings that we feel because we just want to escape it and we need to shut it down. As you identify what you do, whether that's scroll on Instagram or get lost on the internet, or for me, when we lost the kids, Friday Night Lights on Netflix, I watched that series like so many times. I would just drown out to it. What can you do instead? What can you do instead? And start there. So those three things of getting unstuck really have helped me. And they've helped a lot of other women too, as we've helped them walk through where they are to where they want to be but we got to get, we got to get out of that mindset. I love that. I love that. That's so helpful. I, I, it's just intentionally looking at our lives and, and noticing how we're spending them. You know, you and I were talking before we even started recording about like how we can get into work mode or we can get lost (laughs) in our phones or we can get, and, and before we know it, like, we don't know what we did this last week, or we don't know what we haven't made any memories or any connections, or we haven't planted anything good in our lives. I had this, so I'm not a good gardener, just to put that out there. Same. <laughs> I like try to keep plants alive and it's really hit or miss, but I was, I was on a walk. I've shared this on the podcast before, but I was on a walk around um, my favorite park in Nashville. And I was looking at just the plants that were growing up um, next to the path. And I started realizing that the only thing that I know to be true about gardening is if you plant a kind of seed, that plant is what's going to grow. So if you plant like a cucumber seed, a cucumber's going to grow, I think. Uh, we think we're not very good. Uh, we're not, we're, yeah, this, it would be a better analogy if it was something I knew more about, but really like if yes. you want to plant a rose bush, like you need to plant, hmm, let's try this differently. A, a rose bush. <laughs> a rose bush. If yes. you want roses, you need to plant a rose bush. You, you guys get my drift. So we're going to get messages that are like, okay, gardening 101. Here guys, let me You did you. that wrong. Yeah, you did that wrong. You get the point though. <laughs> but, but really like I just, when we want friendship to grow in our lives, we need to plant seeds of friendship. We need to call the people we know. We need to go to coffee. Yeah. We need to ask someone to coffee and then actually show up and not back yes. out. If we want to be healthier, we need to sow seeds of health in our lives. We have to actually get up and do the thing. And and it's amazing because after doing that for a while, we see these beautiful things grow up in our lives. 
there will be results from the things you put in. There will be fruit and plants and, and goodness from the things you plant in your life. But I think all too often we're planting like Netflix binges and wondering yes. why nothing's growing. And it's yeah. because that's not a seed. It's a, I don't know what that is. Well, it's not a seed though. And I think a lot of times we're waiting for like Superman or something to fly in and save us from our Netflix binge or some, we're waiting for some big thing to happen that finally just uproots us and allows us to flourish and we're waiting for the wrong thing because what we really need to be doing and understanding is that we're the ones who are, are in control of that. And it's not usually one big thing that changes your life. It's the small choices that you make every single day that then add up to get you where you want to be. I love that. I love that. So Ashley, you have a book coming out this fall, Yay! which I'm so excited about. And you recently started sharing the story behind the book, which I love. We don't get to hear this story enough. We don't tell this story enough. <clears throat> you talked about how you were knocked down, speaking of getting back up, 25 times in the process of making this book a reality. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? And then also why you continued forward with it? Yes. So since I was eight years old, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would tell you I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a writer. And I knew from that young that my dream was to write books. I would, in my mind, because I didn't have the right words yet, but I just knew I wanted to write books that helped people's hearts. Hmm. And, but people would tell me growing up, okay, but what really do you want to do? You know, like, <laughs> well, okay, but th you're not going to make money or you're not going to be successful at that. What really do you want to do? And so I got lost from wanting to be a writer to, to trying to come up with, okay, well, I guess that's not good enough. So, so what am I going to do? I got picked up by one of the best literary agents in the country last fall who represents some really big authors and is just the best at what he does. <laughs> and I remember seeing his email being like, oh my gosh, my dream is going to happen. Like this is happening. This is the door that needs to happen. We spent at least, we spent months, at least four months putting together a book proposal because once you have an agent, you put together a book proposal that then gets shopped around, sent out to publishers who then have the opportunity to pick it up and buy it. And then you're signed to that publishing house. So my, my agent is like 2000% sure we're going to get this great deal. And I felt really good about the proposal. And we sent it out to all the biggest publishers in the country and all 25 of them over the course of three or four weeks, either never responded or sent no's back. And after I got that last no, I, my agent called and he's like, I don't get it, Ashley, like, I'm so sorry. I really don't understand. And I just lost it. I was just, I was crying and I went home. I was actually getting my hair done. So my hairstylist had to take a moment to leave the room because I was freaking out. But I got home that night and I just, I'd felt so deflated and I just felt like, man, I just can't catch a break. Like, how could I be this close and still be turned down? And I decided that I wasn't going to write the book because it wasn't good enough. People told me no. People told me my audience didn't want a book from me, which was really weird. And I was trying to figure it out after thinking about it. Oh, and to top it off, the very next day we were leaving for Europe for six weeks because we had planned six weeks away in Europe so that I would have time away to write my book that I knew was about to be picked up by a publisher. <laughs> okay. So the next morning we're on a plane to Europe going on this trip that was planned for me to write my book. But there's no book to write you guys, because I got turned down by everybody. So during that trip, it took me six weeks to finally tell myself that other people didn't get, don't get to choose what I do in my life. And that if I know I'm supposed to write a book, that I'm supposed to write a book, no matter how many doors feel closed. My agent called me out of the blue one day and he said, I just feel like I need to tell you that your value as a person and as a writer has nothing to do with the results of what happened, whether you got picked up or whether you didn't, but you have a message to share and I want you to go self-publish it. And for an agent to tell you that's 
like, because there's no gain for him right. in that. <laughs> he said, I, you need it. You, this message needs to get out in the world. And so once he kind of validated that, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it all on my own. Well, self-publishing on my own meant that I needed to figure out my own distribution. I needed to figure out literally how to put a book together and manufacture it and get that printed. And I needed to front the money to hire my own content editor, my own copy editor, like all of these things. And I said, I'm all in. And so we did. Um, and then along the way, I ended up getting picked up. I did get picked up by a publisher that I approached as like my one last, I, I really believe in this. And it was after the book was already done. So I wrote this book because I knew that if it can get into the hands of the women who need it, who I'm writing it for, then no amount of my, my trials getting it to that place would matter. Like it would just be, it would be okay. And my hope is that one day my book makes it into the hands of my daughter. And I knew that I can't have the impact in people's lives that I believe this book is going to have unless I bit the bullet and just kept pushing through because I believed in, I believe in this book more than any of the no's that I heard. So I'm super excited. It's called Born to Shine. And it really is a, is a shot of courage for women to know that, that it's going to be okay and that their story is not yet over and what to do when life doesn't present to you this perfectly packaged gift that you've always wanted. Now, then what do you do? And I feel like the book had to be born out of the way that it was. It had to be this hard for me to get out into the world so that I could stay true, honestly, to the message that is in the book. So it all worked out and I'm really pumped that it's coming. <laughs> I love that so much. And I, I'm so glad that we got to talk about that because I think that we see women on Instagram publishing books or doing things like fill in the blank, whatever your dream is. You see other women doing it and, and it feels like, well, it just happened for them. It, mm -hmm. it just happened for them. And really, so there must be something wrong with there me. There must be something wrong with me that it's not happening. And, and I should give up. These 25 people told me this was a bad idea. They know. So they I'm going like, so to listen. And I, I love that, that you didn't listen and we don't have to listen. And, and these people, whoever these people are, don't get to decide what we do with our lives. That's so important. And so friends, when, if you're listening and you're like, I've been knocked down in this way, I have been told I can't by this person. They don't get to decide. You get to decide. And I just, I love that. I'm so, so glad that you shared that story. Thank you for telling the backstory of it. It makes, I feel like the book means so much more because of that. You're right. Which is really, it does. Special. Like in this weird, in this weird way where it does make it feel more special for me that it can stay true <laughs> to this message. Because if it had worked out perfectly and I got this big book deal and it was easy, it honestly goes against everything that the book is, is going to talk about. So oh, it worked out. It's so good. <laughs> um, well, Ashley, I feel like I could sit and talk with you forever, but I want to ask you just one last question for the women listening who are feeling totally knocked down today, who are feeling hopeless or discouraged. I would love it if you would just give them a pep talk, like any words of encouragement that they might need today that could help them stand up and put their arms up and keep going. Sister, all you have to do today is stand up. That's all you have to do today. You don't have to worry about getting knocked down yesterday. You don't have to worry about if you're going to be able to stand back up again tomorrow. You just have to stand up right now. And then once you're up, if I was with you, I'd look at you in your face and I would hold your shoulders and I will tell you that you can do this. I know it's hard. I know that life is so hard sometimes. And I know what the depths of suffering feel like. And I know that some days you don't even want to fight to get out of it because it feels so overwhelming and painful that you just don't care anymore. But I promise you that if you can just stand up today, that it gets better. There are so many people who you can help and who need you, but who need you most is yourself. 
And when you're able to stand up today, you're able to show up for yourself and give the beautiful girl who's inside of you the life that she deserves and the life that she was born to live. But it starts with you standing up. And we're here standing up with you. And you can do this because truly you were born to shine. Get up. Get up. I love it so much. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You're great. Friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure that you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of bookmarking the podcast. You'll never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take one quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' night. So would you do me a huge favor and take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help me out so much. And I have to say, thank you so much to all of you who have already done this, who have already left those beautiful five-star reviews. It means the world to me. Okay, friends, that's all we have for today, but I will see you next week for another episode of Girls' Night.